0: Well, I trust that that little video has brought some joy for you on this Christmas day. It certainly brought some joy for us as we went about the process of preparing that. And it does kind of ask an interesting question. What would it have looked like if Jesus had come in the year 2020 or at any other time? And yet we know, of course, from history that God had ordained that Jesus would be born at a particular time in history and all of the circumstances were perfect uh, that 's a sermon in itself today, I want to reflect on John chapter three sixteen, which is perhaps the best known verse in the whole of the Bible. But before we do that, just tell you a little story by way of introduction, because a few years ago Diana and Laura, my wife and youngest daughter, had the opportunity to travel to europe. Uh, they took diana 's mum over to visit her family in Holland, and so they flew from Melbourne through Abu Dhabi and across to Amsterdam and they were there for three weeks and the arrangement was that at the conclusion of their trip um, I would travel to Tullamarine in Melbourne where I would pick them up and so the time went by and the time of their return came closer and closer and so I kind of anticipated traveling to Melbourne and standing on the concourse at the airport where the arrivals uh, come to and picking them up. As it turned out, um, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the process because as they were making arrangements to board the plane in Amsterdam, there must've been a fairly heavy booking on the plane. And so they were offered the opportunity if they were prepared to be financially compensated to the tune of something like 900 Australian dollars, I think it was 600 euros, uh, they could come a day later which would have totally thrown my plans for picking them up into disarray. Nevertheless, even though Laura was deeply tempted to be able to take that offer, thinking she might be able to get the money, uh, they actually got on the plane that they were initially scheduled for, and so they set off. And I happen to have on my phone one of those aviation apps that you can track planes, and so I was really excited to be able to watch their plane as it left Amsterdam as in an icon of their plane just noting that it was the particular flight number and I watched them fly and and every now and again I just checked to see their progress and it was exciting to know that my family was on that plane coming home. There were a couple of minutes of anxiety when all of a sudden the plane disappeared off the, the radar so to speak flying over the Balkans and I was very relieved uh, an hour or so later to see the icon reappear as in time the plane approached um, Abu Dhabi and landed there they were there for a short time and then they caught their next flight and it too set off and I tracked it over uh, some of the Indian Ocean to the point where I thought you know I'm needing to go to bed now because I was going to have to leave home at about 3am in the morning to travel to Melbourne to meet their flight that came in just on 6 a.m. I figured I had about half an hour to spare. So I took off. Well, no, not literally, they took off. I drove off and uh, found my way down to Melbourne in the very, very early hours of one Sunday morning. Much to my delight, even as I was driving in, I actually saw their plane flying in, doing its final approach to Tullamarine as I was driving up through Point Cook. And so I knew it was going to be a close thing, whether they would get to the airport and out into the arrivals concourse before i did but as it turned out i got there first and it's a really interesting place isn't it when you are waiting for someone to arrive and it's really interesting to watch other people as they're waiting for people to arrive for instance you have people like myself who just kind of sit back and uh, lean against a post Uh, Watching the doors, and each time the doors open, there's not much activity. You've got others there who are just bursting with excitement, waiting to see that family or that friend arrive. There are people there, and I've had this experience too once when I was traveling, people who are largely disinterested just holding up a little sign each time anyone comes through. You know, Mr. Hodgins or whatever. It happened to me once in Bangkok when I was traveling, and I felt ever so important to have a, a chauffeur picking me and another number of others who were travelling for a conference in Bangkok. Uh, But it's the people who are waiting for loved ones that I get really interested in watching. And you don't know what the circumstances are, do you? You don't know whether it's a a young adult who has been travelling for a year doing the backpacking thing or whether it's a husband or a wife who've been away for some time or perhaps a family coming out from the old country. Grandparents, perhaps, who haven't seen their grandchildren years perhaps ever and you just watch you almost sense the excitement the love that there is generated in that space as people wait for those doors to open and people come out and on occasions it's the very ones that they're waiting for the very people that they've been looking for and for those who are given to a little more um, let's just say more public displays of emotion or affection than I might be they'll run and they'll embrace and it's kind of almost brings tears to your eyes thinking about it, just watching the overflow of love and emotion that there is in that space. Rather helpfully, or maybe not so helpfully, the good people at Tullamarine have put closed-circuit television cameras into the arrivals hall so you could actually see the people coming down the corridor before the doors open, which to me is a little bit like giving someone a Christmas present that hasn't been wrapped up. The excitement's kind of tempered a little bit in that space. But even so, even with that kind of arrangement in place, it's really interesting to see how excitement just flows and love, the embrace of reunion and the overflow of emotion is so significant in that space. And that's one of the great gifts that God has given to us isn't it? The capacity to love others and one of the reasons that we have the capacity to love others is of course because we've been made in the image of God. Our capacity to love others is a gift that God has given to us as part of being made in his image and in some senses the the more we are confirmed to the likeness of Christ or the more we become like God in terms of our spiritual journey the greater our capacity to love and the greater our capacity to love like God you know Christmas time is a time when we often think about love families traditionally get together Um, sometimes there's some tension in those spaces but on other times it's a great time of reunion and particularly so this year as people have been so separated through the course of the year. And so I can imagine through this year, there will be many people who will gather and will be just so glad to be able to see loved ones, brothers, sisters, parents, children, grandparents, grandchildren, cousins, aunts, you know, all those kind of permutations of gatherings. And there will be great love expressed in those places. And our world is saturated with with. An environment in a sense that that promotes this very sense of expressing love you know advertisers will say gift uh, sorry give the gift your loved one deserves and if you go into retail stores the music is playing to kind of generate that emotional sense that joy that sense of Christmas it's a good time you know peace and goodwill to all men kind of thing this whole ambience of love permutates our community at this time and as i said it is a reflection of god's love because again we've been made in the image of god and yet at the same time it is but a poor reflection of god's love it is not a full expression of god's love because god's love is so much more amazing so much more incredible so much deeper so much more pervasive than our love can ever be. You know, human love is a wonderful thing. It gives birth to the most courageous acts of valor and the most terrible crimes of passion. But God's love is so much different. God's love is so much more significant. And we're going to dig into the word in just a moment to highlight that and just be reminded that God's love is actually totally different to our love, even though our love is a reflection of his love to some degree. One of the things that I was reflecting on as uh, I've been thinking about this is that one of the challenges or perhaps one of the faulty assumptions that we make is this, that God's love is actually the same as as our love. We sometimes project our concept of love onto God and expect him to act in the manner or a way that our love might so for example one of the things that you might have heard people say and I've certainly heard people say this is in this fallen and broken world as they observe some kind of injustice or some kind of uh, terrible circumstance something abhorrent even uh, in frustration perhaps uh, in desperation they'll say "If, if God really was a God of love then he would do this Or if God really loved, if he was truly a God of love, he wouldn't let this happen. You know, a few years ago uh, when I was working on the farm up there in Boundary Bend, there was an old chap and his wife who were camping over on the river uh, nearby. His name was Les, and Les was a bit of an insomniac. And so he would often come over during the day when we were working. And then if I was working at night, he'd come and he would sit in the ute or whatever with me sometimes we had to work at night and he would just hang around and we would um, chew the fat so to speak as we were traveling around the farm and this was a question that Les really really wrestled with you know if God was a God of love why would he let bad things happen his big issue actually was this if God is a God of love why would he let bad things happen to little children now that's a really really tricky question and he kind of would put the question out there in the darkness of the ute as we were puttering around and it just sort of sat there and I've described it a bit like this, kind of like a snake on the table. You know, you don't quite know how to attack it. You don't know how to approach it even. And as I've thought about it, you kind of want to, on the one hand, to to apologise for God, you know, try and find excuses for why God doesn't intervene in certain situations or why God doesn't act. In a certain way that would reflect how we think love should be expressed but I've come to realize something really significant over time and that is this the faulty rationale in that argument in even putting that question is significant and the faulty rationale actually is that we are in asking that question projecting our concept of love onto God and our concept of love Our concept of love, which can be wonderful, can be expressive and embracing, is always going to fall short of the expansive, comprehensive, wonderful, amazing love of God. Because God's love and God in his character and personality is able to see so much more than we can. He can see the entire context of a a situation or a circumstance he can understand things way beyond what we can and so his love will be expressed quite differently in that space to how our limited understanding of love might be of course at Christmas time we as followers of Jesus are reminded of the love of God expressed to us in sending Christ to live amongst us and yet rather curiously if you have a look back at the old testament prophets who predicted the coming of the messiah there's no mention of love in that space and as was pointed out by one of our BUV staff in one of his um, regular emails to us just this week and it was curious for me to reflect on this in light of the message today even in matthew and luke the two gospels that recount the birth of christ there's no mention of love in that space either and so although we understand from the broader testimony of scripture that christ coming into the world was a supreme demonstration of the love of god god's love is much bigger even than that and to understand that we need to go to the scriptures and the first scripture that we might go to of course is john chapter 3 verse 16. what a significant verse this is because John chapter 3 16 so well known by so many people is a verse that says for God so loved the world that he gave his only son and as you know it goes on to say that whoever believes in him shall never die but have everlasting life. Embedded in that verse is this wonderful gift of God sending Jesus into the world but it doesn't stop there. God just didn't end the story at sending Jesus said well here he is everyone have a look revealing himself in that space he did that but there's more to that story because Jesus came into the world for a particular purpose and we know from that verse and a couple of others that I'll share with you in just a moment Jesus came into the world to be a sacrifice for us and that's the expression of God's love that is so much broader and deeper and wider and more comprehensive than anything that we can ever express in our way of loving there's a couple of other verses too and i'll just scroll through here and see if i can find them uh, that remind us that there is so much more to god's love romans chapter 5 verse 8 for example is another one that paul quotes uh, it's a quote from paul rather that says it really explicitly what is god's love well it's not just an emotional love It's this, but God demonstrates his love for us in this, Paul says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's love made a way for our sin to be dealt with. And then we could go to somewhere like Ephesians chapter two verses four to five, for example, which says, because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in transgression. It is by grace that you have been saved. I don't know if you're familiar with Graham Kendrick's uh, music, but uh, you might be familiar with with this song. We are familiar with the concept of love expressed to us by God at Christmas time. But God's love is so much broader and Kendrick described it as amazing love. He said, my Lord, what love is this that pays so dearly that I, the guilty one, may go free? Amazing love, oh, what sacrifice. The son of God given for me, my debt he pays, my death he dies, that I might live, that I might live. And the words that Kendrick has grasp there reflect the words of the scripture that describes god's love as so much more than an emotional love a love that can wax and wane with the way that we're feeling or with our circumstances you see god's love is so much more than that it is at once incomprehensible to us because of its depth and its extent but it is comprehensible by us because it's been shown to us in Christ who came for us. It's love that consistently overcomes opposition. It's love which is unwavering in the face of rejection. It's love that transcends immediate circumstances. Sometimes things just so fill our vision we find it hard to express love and yet God can work his purposes out even through the most terrible of circumstances. Hence, my capacity to say to les who wrestled with this that i don't know how god's going to deal with those things that you so are exercised by but i know that his love will overcome even in those spaces because god's love is a love that has the capacity to forgive even the most heinous crime it's a love that has the capacity to bring healing in the most unusual of circumstances it's love which compels it's love that has intention it's love that sacrifices, it's gentle, it's restorative, it's enduring, it's a just love, it's a righteous love, it's a love that will do what is right in all circumstances. It's a love that judges correctly, love which is consistent, love that is restorative, love which breaks the chains of injustice, the yokes of oppression and the darkness of sin and as we reflect on god's love once again this christmas day it's good for us to turn to 1 john 4 10 in which uh, which says this this is love this is describing god's love not that we loved god which for us in our fallen humanity is uh, is something that we strive for as followers of christ but will always fall short of in terms of being perfect like his love this is love not that we loved god but that god loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins and so today as perhaps you're in a context where you're able to express love to one another and share love with others uh, let me just encourage you to take some time out to reflect on the expansive amazing love of god the love of god that was expressed to us in sending jesus as a baby in bethlehem all those centuries ago but the love of god that was stretched out on that gnarly cross 33 or so years later after jesus was born and so took upon his shoulders the burden of our sin that i might go free that's love love that liberates us from sin let's pray again today as we continue to worship lord we are indeed a deeply privileged people who can gather on a day like this with the aroma of joy permeating our hearts expressing love to family and friends and today we give you thanks Lord for the gift of your son we pray that you will never allow us to forget the blessing of walking with the Lord Jesus Christ as our companion and our saviour and today as across the globe Christians turn their hearts to the child born in Bethlehem, a child whose birth ushers in a new covenant of peace with God. Reconciliation with our creator, love and grace and redemption. Lord, we worship you. We are conscious, of course, that even as we gather, our world is a broken and fallen place. It's not a place characterized by peace or love or reconciliation or redemption. On a global scale, nation rises against nation, people against people, tribe against tribe, community against community. At a local, even a personal level, we've seen families wracked by division, pain and hurt, perpetuated by hatred, mistrust, life spoiled by selfishness and self-centeredness. In all of this, Lord, we see the consequence of sin. And it's for people just like us and people in those places that you came and died. And so we pray in the midst of this today, your love might shine through your amazing love, your expansive love, your restorative love, your gracious love, your just love. We pray today for our community and ask that the happy laughter of children in homes would not cry a um, mask the cries of their hearts to be loved and protected and kept safe, that they might be given opportunities to grow up and be full and useful in life that the grace of Christ would flow into the lives of those places that this year have been characterized by isolation and loneliness and grief and loss. We thank you for Jesus given to us so long ago and for your blessing of love in Jesus name, amen. Well, we're going to invite our team to uh, conclude our service today with uh, Carol. And again, may you have a blessed day as you spend this time reflecting on the love of God. Christmas greetings from the team here at Wodonga and District Baptist Church. May the Lord bless you and keep you always. Amen.